It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on this edition of Locked On Wizards, we break down the NBA lottery draft and the final top 14 picks before getting into what's going on with the Washington Mystics as we have Diamond Holton, Washington Mystics writer and editor for Bullets Forever of SB Nation joining the show. All those details and more around DC Hoops right here on Locked On Wizards. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another edition of Locked On Wizards. I'm your host, Renee Washington, and happy Friday. The NBA lottery draft was Thursday night, and we had a chance to see who will be the top 14 picks and the order of those picks for the NBA draft. Now, the Wizards coming in had a good opportunity to potentially move up. And by good, I mean they at least had a chance to move up. Looking at their odds of moving up to the number one pick, They had a 4.5% chance and a 20.3% chance of moving up to a top four spot. And looking across the board, they were at number nine and they stayed at number nine. The final top 14 in order from number 14, we'll go backwards. The Boston Celtics, the New Orleans Pelicans, the Kings at number 12, the Spurs at number 11, Suns at 10, the Washington Wizards sitting at that number nine spot. The New York Knicks at number eight, Pistons at seven, Atlanta Hawks at six, the Cavs at five, the Bulls at four, Charlotte Hornets at three, the Golden State Warriors at two, and the Minnesota Timberwolves getting that number one pick for the first time ever. And so it was disappointing to see that the Wizards did not move up. But as GM Tommy Shepard had mentioned earlier this week, the Wizards are confident that there are about 15 players in the draft for this year that they feel can come in and make an impact on the team. Now, whether they make a draft immediately or whether they need some more time to develop before making an impact, he still feels as though there are players in this draft that they are sold on in that sense and confident in coming into the team. So for them to get that number nine spot, you know, that was something that they had spoken about before. Regardless where they are, as long as they're not top 15, he felt like they can get a great player. And of course, there are some bigger names than others that are sitting in the NBA draft that people are keeping an eye on. But the biggest thing, as discussed Thursday night in in our post-draft show that I was able to join alongside other Locked On podcast hosts, Doug Branson, Jake Madison, and John Corrales, is the fact that in this year's draft, unlike any other, between COVID and just the players that are coming in, we don't really know much about this draft. We can look in the past years, and there might be someone like last year, for instance, when the Pelicans got the number one spot knowing that they were going to pick Zion Williamson. We have not had that same group of players this year. We're not as sold. In 2010, the Wizards were able to get the number one pick through the lottery draft and picked up none other than our own John Wall. So this year is a little unique in that because we haven't had a chance to see players in the postseason and over the last four and a half months in what would have been March Madness and the NCAA tournament, there are workouts after college, you know, having the chance to really scout and analyze players 
it really does change things. And of course, for the international players, everyone has been at, on a pause. So for any front office and even us making these speculatory guesses onto who each team will pick, we don't really know yet. We're not really sold. So there are a number of players that really jump out that are players to keep an eye on. Anthony Edwards out of Georgia, the freshman shooting guard at 6'4", someone that brings versatility and has a great shooting range as a combo guard, will be able to step into the league, in my opinion, and help a team add more shooting prowess onto the floor. James Wiseman, a 7-1 center from Memphis, who brings size. I mean, he's going to have to make that transition, of course, in terms of being a center in the NBA versus a center at the college level, which everybody knows is definitely different, being able to be someone that can guard the perimeter, and having more versatility, but I think he can step into that role. He's, he's very agile, and he's, he's got an upside to him that I think will allow him to step into the league. Obi Toppin, someone I've had the chance to actually watch and cover from Dayton, the 6'9 forward reminds me a lot, and I said this Thursday night in our post-show, reminds me a lot of Jason Tatum, actually, not just the way he looks. I think they actually kind of look like two, and their build is very similar, but I think in the way that they also play, I think is very similar as well. So I think Obi Toppin is someone that, Coming from an A-10 school, shout out to Atlantic 10 as an Atlantic 10 student athlete alum, former women's soccer player. Um, He is someone that I think is under the radar in that sense because there's not as much attention on some conferences such as the A-10 as maybe like an ACC school. And so for him, I think he's someone that's going to come into the league and be a sleeper in that sense that will be able to step in and this level will actually benefit the way that he plays his size his mobility he can knock down shots from all over the floor and he's got such a great upside his he sees the floor well I think he's gonna do a great job in the NBA LaMelo Ball of course we all know that name very well coming from Australia having played in Lithuania before then the biggest thing that stands out to me is the fact that he went from the first year in Lithuania at the professional level averaging like six points a game and barely getting playing time to an Australia being rookie of the year for them and actually seeing a tremendous amount of growth physically in his game, but also mentally in his maturity. I think to see that growth in such a short amount of time, he actually spoke in an interview about the fact that he felt like that experience really helped him and molded him to the player he is today. There are some other players that are on the list that you should keep an eye on, but at the end of the day, in this draft, we just don't know enough on these players. That's why this makes this year so unique. It's not as blatant as to who should be the number one pick. It's not as obvious as to any separation between number, potentially number one and number two. So over these next couple of weeks, as coaches are going through the process of figuring out leading up to the NBA draft in October, just trying to really hone in on who's going to be the number one player. But for the Wizards, I think the biggest pieces that they're going to have to bring, and this is something that head coach Scott Brooks spoke on as well as Shepard in their interviews this week, was the fact they want to add more depth. Looking at their roster compared to some of the rosters of teams that are in the NBA playoffs, for instance, right now, you see them have not only their two all-stars, but also players that can come in and be strong supporting role and really being able to have eight to 10 players that you can have a nice rotation with that have the experience, the talent, the confidence, and add something to the floor. So the Wizards are definitely going to be looking to bring in a player that adds more depth, also versatility. To be able to play, as as Shepard mentioned, if they wanted to sometimes play with two guards, three guards, four guards, have more creators on the floor, that's a possibility as well. And looking at potentially having Troy Brown Jr. play as a backup point guard and, and just seeing Rui Hachimura's growth in the NBA restart, you want to add some more young pieces around those players that they have been able to build some, some experience around in these last couple of weeks. Now you're adding in Beal and Wall, and it's a, it's a different group. And then also in terms of just offensively, 
having to have more players that can contribute consistently. Jerome Robinson is someone that definitely has jumped up and, and stood out having the opportunity to settle in being traded in February, as we talked about on Thursday, he never fully had a chance to shake the rust off and get into the swing of things because the league shut down in March. And here he was now traded February league shut down in March, four and a half months go by. And now he's jumping back into playing. So I think for him, he's going to be someone that's going to be able to provide more offensive options for the wizards moving forward as a shooter for them, whether it's a mid range jumper or being someone that can knock down threes. And then defensively, that's always a point that the Wizards are continuing to work on and need to continue to work on. And in the offseason, they have mentioned that is definitely an area that will be worked on. So going to need someone that brings that defensive level, someone that can rotate and know how to on the pick and roll, when to switch, how to hedge, how to close out on shooters, not getting fouls, crashing the boards. They need all these different pieces of the other areas that players bring to the floor as well as just on the offensive side. So for the Wizards, we will continue to watch how they progress in this offseason, how the players that are currently on the team are working out. And also just a question that keeps coming up is if, if someone should be moved, who? If the Wizards have to move a player maybe to open up some cap space or just maybe make some trades to bring in a, a different look, who is that player? I don't know right now. I just think we haven't had a chance to fully evaluate the guys enough, but I think that we have seen some players show their worth in these last few weeks. So now it's just a question of who makes most sense to move. Maybe you package together a three-team deal or something like that to bring in someone else that can now be part of the, if you're keeping Beal and Wall, make that a big three. Bring in a, a strong third player that can, that can lead this team with them. And in some other NBA news, Commissioner Adam Silver mentioned that as of now, it doesn't look possible for the NBA to start December 1st, which was the original target date. And it's not just a matter of the close proximity and turnaround from this season to next season, but also looking at fans. He said he wants to get fans back into the arenas. So they're looking at potentially pushing back that start date to January, February, sometime early next year to allow for around COVID-19 fans to be able to be back in the arenas watching games live. So GM Tommy Shepard did mention he's not really as concerned about when the next season will start, but he's more concerned about when teams will be able to get back to working out. Are they able to start training in October, November, December, even if the league is not starting up then? Or does that also prolong when they're able to return back to camp and get guys back in the gym training together? So that's something that we'll have to keep an eye on in terms of what those final dates are. And the NBA, as of now, as Adam Silver was saying, they don't really know when they are going to, or, or what that final date will be. There's still a lot up in the air. We still don't know how COVID-19 is going to continue to shake out across our country and our world over the next few months. So time will only tell, but in the meantime, as of now, it looks like December 1st will not be the start of next year's season, but potentially in 2021 sometime, we will start with the new season. So we'll see what happens there. But also, we've got to get into what's going on with our other DC Hoops team. I don't know what, what is the deal. We are the District of Champions, and I don't really feel like it right now. The Washington Mystics are having some eerily creepy, too close similarities in comparison in their current season in Florida as the Wizards without some of their top players, having a number of younger players that are having to step up in their roles from being bench players or reserves to now being starters, and they're struggling, have with a what was a seven-game losing streak that was fortunately snapped the other night in a win over Atlanta, but unfortunately unable to really get the results that they want. Sound familiar? 
sadly. So coming up, we'll get into what's going on with the Washington Mystics in Florida as we have editor and writer Diamond Holton of SB Nation's Bullets Forever joining the show here on Locked on Wizards. Start your morning with the news that matters in just 10 minutes. Axios Today host Nyla Boodoo and a team of award-winning journalists will bring you the latest analysis and insight into the trends shaping our world. Who else gets annoyed every day, come lunch or dinner time, wondering, what am I going to eat? You don't feel like cooking, you've got a million emails to read, you've been busy with work and swamped, and you have so much going on, and your stomach's growling, and you don't know what to eat. Well, let DoorDash take care of your next meal if you want. Chinese food, pizza, froyo, anything you have taste for, you can order it through DoorDash. Continue supporting restaurants in your community safely. And there are thousands that are open for delivery on DoorDash that you can now call, order, and now let them do the work for you. Support your favorite restaurants on DoorDash. You've counted on them, and now they're counting on you. So while their dining rooms may be closed, and maybe you don't really feel comfortable going out to get food, or you just don't feel like getting off your couch and changing out of your pajamas, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. So DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right now right to your door. Ordering's easy. Just open up the app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely right outside your door with the new contact list delivery drop-off setting. So with over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos. Anything from restaurants, Chipotle, Wendy's, Cheesecake Factory, you name it, they're on DoorDash delivering contact lists to your front door. So call right now, and anyone that's listening can get $5 off, zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. So don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNBA for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now joining us here on Locked on Wizards to get into what's going on with the Washington Mystics. It is the editor and Washington Mystics writer for Bullets Forever with SB Nation. We've got my dear friend, Diamond Holton. Welcome, Diamond. How are you? I'm good, Renee. Thank you for having me. Happy to have you here. Now, I would love to get your take on the Mystics. I know I've been following them closer this year, as you have too. Coming into this season as a defending champs, and then, of course, the news breaking around different players like Natasha Cloud and Elena Deladon that were not going to be coming into the new season for this year and have opted out. And then the Mystics start off strong, winning three straight. And it kind of caught people by surprise, like, wait a minute, maybe they still have the pieces that it takes to still be a top team in the league. And then after that, haven't won since, lost seven straight. You know, what are you seeing right now from the Mystics as we now have heard the news that Ariel Powers is most likely not going to be returning this season at all after suffering a hamstring injury earlier in August. 
I'm what I'm saying is basically we need to prepare for next season. <laughs> that's that's really uh, my my take on that because, like you said, we started off strong and made everyone doubt to eat their words because no, nobody thought we were going to start off like that three and zero with the bench warmers basically becoming the starters. But I guess what everybody failed to realize is like with we we only had one returning starter, so. When you have your bench players now being starters, you now have no bench. Mm-hmm. And that was one thing that we lacked in those seven straight losses. When you looked at the bench points for other teams and then you looked at ours, we would have at most maybe seven to ten points off the bench, while others were having 20-plus. That, that was not good. So, I mean, I think with area powers, most likely out for the season, I mean, we'll probably get a confirmation on that tomorrow. It's not looking good. I mean, we, we did win yesterday, so we broke our losing streak, thank God. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's really tough to, to see what will happen. I'm, that one game, I, I don't trust that one game just yet. I mean, it was against a team that only had two wins. So, so I don't trust that just yet. We'll see what happens. But honestly, it's, it's best to look forward to next season. Yeah, and I, I'm curious to know your thoughts on, for Ariel Power specifically, this hamstring injury. You know, looking at the year, with it being a shortened season and just 22 games to begin with, it just changes so much around the season because there really is no time to mess around. And, you know, having had this losing streak that just really put them behind and already having so many odds stacked against them with, as you mentioned, having a number of bench players that are in a starting position and a more, you know, in a higher position with more minutes, for her with this injury, is it almost worth just not coming back? You know, I know as a competitor, you always want to play. Don't get me wrong. And I, it's, I hate right. to even say that, but, you know, we've been seeing players, especially this year around all the craziness of COVID that have been nursing injuries, especially in D.C. We're no strangers to that. Looking at Bradley beyond the Wizards, looking at, you know, um, for the Mystics, Elena Deladon, now Ariel Powers. You know, in terms of injuries, is it almost smarter to just get healthy and try to come back for next year? Honestly, I would say so, especially with the, like you said, it's a reduced season as is. You're not, you don't have enough time in between games to get rest. Like literally the Mystics have a game every other day. They just had a four day rest period this past weekend. But after that, it's a game every other day. They don't even have time to rejuvenate and get their mind right before it's like, oh, we got to prepare for this game. I mean, I know Ariel wants to play. She, she shows that in every every game that she's played in and that she started in, but I wouldn't risk a, ham, a hamstring injury at that, something as serious as that on this season because it's literally, I believe, like 11 games left and the Mystics are in ninth place. It's not like they're fighting for to remain the top seed and have a chance at winning it again. They're literally, honestly, right now, even if you want to call it fighting, for a spot just to make the playoffs that's it but I don't think that's worth Ariel coming back for that yeah injuries man it's just it's insane to see that you know you have so many things that just aren't going the Mystics way this year starting off strong winning those first three straight again definitely was something it was a it was like a glimmer of hope that they may have some potential there maybe there'll be some other players that can step up and show what they can do and this team still had to fight and belief and then seven straight, I mean, of course, finally ending that losing streak the other night is a big help. But at the end of the day, looking long-term for the season, you just have to wonder, you know, how much 
a player like Ariel Powers coming back would benefit versus hurting her more to try to rush back. And the, the other thing is looking at this schedule, as you mentioned, for any player playing every other day in itself is already a, a physical hurdle and a mental hurdle. Now you add in you're losing playing every other day. You know, I, I, it's just so tough to overcome that when you don't have a chance to really step away, get a couple days of good practice, get your confidence back, get, get on the same page as a team and regroup. You know, you're forced to get right back after it and get right back into the next game, which makes you ha- you have to forget about that loss quicker. Right. But when the losses start to stack up, that's not so easy to do. No, it, it, oh. it affects the mental, <laughs> literally. Mm-hmm. They, they've mentioned it. They, they kept saying that they had to find their identity. And I'm, and I'm just like, find your identity. I'm like, y'all were champs last year. Right. Y'all, y'all were the mold that other teams needed to focus on and figure out the way that they, that they can get their own championship. So I didn't, when they kept saying finding their identity, I was just like, nah, nah that's not it. It's got to be something else. Yeah, and that's exactly – it just seems like there's more to it at this point. um, Now we definitely know that. But, you know, in the beginning it was – everybody was kind of caught by surprise. But just looking at the way that this season has evolved in such a short time, you know, it it happened quickly in the course of the month of August from the end of July to August, just seeing the the quick change of it was like they – turned into a pumpkin in a sense you know it was right. exciting and and fun to watch and then one game turned to two which turned to three and then on top of that it's the biggest thing is the injuries and just not having depth I mean looking at this quick turnaround you already have players in a different role than usual and you add into that now also having to play so shorthanded and we'll get into a little bit later this the players that have been signed and the roster changes that we've been seeing but even from a standpoint of numbers alone, it's like they're running out of players. I mean, yeah. it's just that in itself is a mental hurdle because you, if you're struggling, you've got to get it together. There's, there are not a lot of options to really rotate through. So, you know, and for head coach Mike Tebow and for the Mystics, what's it going to take for them to really figure out a way to make this work to at least finish and stay competitive and, you know, get something, like get the most out of this season? when there's so much that's against them right now? They, honestly, they need to realize that they are still the Mystics. Although your starters from last season are not there right now, it's, it's not the Washington Deladons or mm-hmm. the Washington Christy Tollivers or anything of that nature. It's the Washington Mystics. Mike Tebow has faith in every single one of his players. If he didn't, they would not be on the team at all and we've seen that you know players get dropped all the time during training camp or whatever or whatever the case may be but they have to realize that they are still that same team you just gotta figure out a way to get it done you know we're fine we're finally seeing some of the role players from um last year get the start get the starting role like Maisha Hines Allen we mm-hmm. I've seen what she can do when she was in Louisville so, you know, it was, it was a little hurt. I was a little hurt, you know, because she couldn't get the time that she wanted. But it wasn't because she wasn't good. It's just that there's another player that's just better. And so now, you know, you know in those first three games, she dominated the floor. Mm-hmm. As a forward, as a point forward, as they like to call it. So they just – they got to play their game. And I'm, I'm, I think the one player I'm just waiting to spark would be Emma. 
Emma Meeseman. I'm waiting for that playoff, Emma. Yeah, we haven't seen that. We have not seen it. It's like, but it's 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 weird because it's like the scoring aspect isn't there, but she contributes in other ways and assists and rebounds. But we need playoff Emma. That is that is the one that could probably make us win, maybe possibly the last eleven games of the season. But I just don't know where she's at right now. But it's we need her. Quick passing in a hurry. And you have to wonder how much of the fact that, you know, last year compared to this year, as you mentioned, players like Christy Tolliver, Elena Deladon, Natasha Cloud, uh, you have these pieces around you that take the pressure off of you. And right now, you know, that's something that I know Coach Tebow has been saying from the beginning, and even Emma Misa was saying that other teams' defense are going to lock in on her. They, they now can. You have the ability to just focus on her. And before, that was one of the biggest strengths of the Mystics. They had that depth. You know, the, the scoring prowess they had last year where any player could score and not even just the starting five players coming off the bench could come in and make plays. You know, you had shooters. They could get to the basket. They, they, were, they were stretching the floor well. They were able to run the floor well. And now it's just like it's very predictable. It's more on Emma. And you, in a sense, could see where that's weighing on her scoring-wise where she's not able to just play her game because she's got so much more of the pressure on her. So, you know, that's something in itself that that makes sense, but I don't know what it's going to take for her to bring that, out that level of playoff Emma because at the end of the day, we've seen what she can do. And for right. her to be able to take that next step in her career, it's going to be important that regardless who's on the floor, she can still bring that level and still carry the team in a sense and do what we saw her do as playoff Emma. You know, as finals MVP Emma, Emma versus what we're seeing now, which is kind of moments that it comes and goes, and she's finding ways to impact the game here and there, getting rebounds, making passes, whatever it may be. But it needs to be, I think, more consistent. And this is a growing op- and learning opportunity for her too that we're seeing play out right in front of our own eyes in this season. Oh yeah, and we she has she has to get it together. I mean, it because it, we we need it. And that's not to say that the other players on the team are not needed. We need them as well. But I think as one of the veterans on that team, she she needs to be the next person up to step up and lead this team and get them going. I agree. I agree. Well, look, coming up, we're going to get into some transactions and roster moves that we've been seeing in the Wubble. There have been a number of moves going on as – Teams, specifically the Mystics, are trying to figure out with all this going on and the quick every other day schedule of how to maximize their team. And we've been seeing some moves. So coming up on Locked on Widgets, we're going to get into that a little bit more right here. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner. And Locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here on Locked On Wizards, as we're getting into what's going on with the defending WNBA champs, the Washington Mystics, seems like the Mystics are dealing with some similar issues, the same ones we've been talking about around the Wizards. 
without having their star players in the restart, and in their case, their 2020 shortened season for the Mystics, and now injuries and not having the numbers. It's just been one issue after the next as the Mystics are struggling in in this season. So joining us as we're discussing all of that and more, we've got editor and Washington Mystics writer for Bullets Forever with SB Nation, Diamond Holton. And Diamond, I'm curious to know your thoughts on the transactions we've been seeing. I know we were just previously discussing, you know, the way that the team has been looking, their seven-game losing streak that was fortunately just snapped the other day. But with the news that Ariel Powers might be out for the rest of the season, there's also been more news that's been breaking around some transactions and, and changes and one of them being waving Shea Petty um, and also waving – I mean, they signed Stella Johnson, who scored a career-high 25 points. She's a Jersey native representing, but also waving Essence Carter – Carson, excuse me. Um, there's just been a number of changes that have been going on. I'm interested to know your thoughts on how these make sense and which of these moves makes more sense to you than the others. Honestly, let's see. I'm a little disappointed in the waving of Shea Petty. I feel like she has put in the work from day one. Um, her story from making the team to not making a team, to not making a team to being part of the coaching staff, mm-hmm. to, to going from being part of the coaching staff to back on the team and becoming a champion, to still being on the team, to now – being waived and now plays for, I believe, the Phoenix Mercury. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, that that is a story where it makes you wonder or it makes you look at the WNBA as a whole because, you know, we don't have that many roster spots on one team. So, you know, it's, it's the best of the best. But at the same time, you, you never really want to cut a player because they're injured. But I guess in this circumstance, we're already down players as is. And then with the added injuries of those players that we had, we were at most down to eight. So we had to get a hardship, in which case that's when we signed Stella Johnson, which I think was one of the greatest signs we did, clearly, because yesterday she balled lights out. Right. She just couldn't miss and it and it helped. It gave. It, it seemed like it gave the team confidence to shoot as well because that was another thing from the previous losses. The mystic shots weren't falling. Mm-hmm. Threes, layups, easy layups. They just. It was just not going in at all. And then you got Stella Johnson who came in, and she just played her game. Coach yep. Tebow told her to shoot. Don't hesitate. She did just that. I am though. I do like the waving of Essence Carson. I was excited when she came to the Mystics, but she did not live up to what I'm used to seeing. I watched her heavily when she was with the Sparks, and it's not the same player. So with her coming off the bench when she was with us, I can't even say what she averaged. <laughs> if she Sometimes she would score, sometimes she wouldn't. So I think with that, that was the one transaction I did agree with. I didn't really agree with Shea Petty, but I understood it on a, I guess, how do you say, a business perspective. I understood it. And I'm sure Shea does too. But I, right. I guess, At the end of the day, it is business. Yeah. Always. So, it's always business. 
it's, it's always business. But you, you know, you never want to be that person to just be like, yeah, I got to cut you because you hurt. It. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it, it sounds so bad when you say it, but at the end of the day, you got to understand like, hey, I got a team that I'm trying to put on the floor and I can't hold you and you're holding up a spot that I could potentially use for somebody else. So it's like, I get both sides. So it's, it's a tough game. Yes. Yes. And that's, that's the thing. I mean, looking at these moves, first of all, it's like teams are just trading players at this point. And I know that a big part of that is in the bubble, you are able to now bring in a player who's already been quarantining. She's already been down there. I mean, obviously they're there in the bubble, get them before they leave, add them to your team. And um, just, we're seeing kind of just some teams that are that are moving players around, you know, they're getting waived from the Mystics, they're getting signed by Connecticut, waived from the Mystics, signed by Phoenix. You know, it's been a lot of movement going on uh, and over the last couple of days alone that we've been seeing a lot of these changes. But the one that definitely stood out to me was bringing in Stella! <laughs> <laughs> Stella Johnson, again, not just because she's from the Jersey area, went to Ryder University, which is in my neck of the woods, but the fact that she was able to come right in and make an impact right away, leading the team with 25 points. You mentioned Maisha Hines-Allen also who had 23 in the game. And, you know, that's something that in all this, and it's crazy to me the parallels I'm seeing right now between the Mystics and the Wizards. Just this is, again, an opportunity. And I've said that word so many times on this show around the Wizards, an opportunity for players to show what they can do. Right now for the Mystics, coming into the season, nobody expected them to be at this point. But here they are. So now let's adjust, you know, pivot, figure out what, what you can do to maximize the season. And that's taking an opportunity to get to know some players more than you would have had you had your, your usual go-to players that are down in the bubble. So looking at, you know, someone else that was brought in, we talked about Stella. Uh, they also signed Shug. Uh, and, and she was able to come in. She's someone that actually was rostered with them. And it's a kind of, that's kind of a crazy story to me that she – was the a third round pick, but then was waived, and now Sug Sutton will get her opportunity to step on the floor, and they have signed her to make room. You know, once once they waived Essence Carson, so just another move. I mean, it's just like how how does this make sense? I know she had four points in the in their game the other night, but mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on on her addition? If that makes sense at all, or is it just a roster spot for, at this moment? I think if it, I think that transaction made perfect sense. Um, you need a guard who can attack the paint. And that's no diss to Leilani Mitchell or Kiara Leslie. But you just you want that young spirited point guard that can just go. And that's one thing. I, although she only had four points, that's what I did love about her game, watching her play, is she's very aggressive. And I think with everything going on, Mike that he's just trying to figure out at this moment who he can use and who he can possibly mm-hmm. keep going into the next season. That, and that's why I mentioned, like, it's best to prepare for next year at this moment. Because you never know. Although we, you know, we, there's certain players that are automatically have a spot on the team. Atlanta down to Don, automatic. Natasha Cloud, automatic. But there's others who you're wondering, hmm, do I keep them or do I keep this one? 
because I like the way she played during our um, reduced season. I didn't really see much from this one. So it's, 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 really, it's really a game that the head coach has to play and look at because you knowing the way that he thinks, the way um, Coach Steve-O thinks, I guarantee he's looking at the next season. Although, you know, everybody else is focused on the next game and the next game or just this season in general. I guarantee he's looking at the next season. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Stella Johnson should most likely will be returning next year because you you need that you need that young talent it's necessary they got that grit like Ariel Powell has that grit that you need that you need that momentum changer you need that confidence that is so powerful that it affects the whole team it's it's definite you need it you know that's that's something that as you mentioned that provides you just some depth some players that are you know, some, it's some fresh legs, some fresh blood in that sense. You know, these are players that are coming in that you're looking as you're looking to move forward for next year that you can now add in that maybe are a role player, but just providing some more spark and some more versatility to the team. You know, you have someone like Shug who's able to handle the ball, you know, and that, that does give you more depth in, in the point guard position. So that is something that now for Coach Tebow and his staff, it's a matter of figuring out, okay, knowing what we're bringing back and looking to bring back what pieces make sense to put around them. You know, hopefully this next half of the season for Emma Mieseman will be her chance to maybe step into that role. Maybe there's a little less pressure at this point. I don't know in the sense that like, okay, the team now is just playing with a different mindset, a different, you know, you're, you're, you're struggling to get wins, but can we just come out and play hard? Can you just come out and, and consistently, do what, what you can to, to find ways to impact the game. She gets a double-double, which still is a feat in itself. But, you know, for her, I think this will be a great opportunity to continue to step up as a leader. And then as we're talking through, just having other players, Ariel Atkins, Maisha Hines-Allen, Leilani, you know, Stella coming into the mix, that can just show what they've got. And this is a tryout period for that sense. So what are, what are your final thoughts of the team moving forward? Haven't seen them get a win, although, you know, a win is a win at the end of the day. A win is a win. They'll take it. Even though it's over the Atlanta Dream who have a record worse than the Mystics, a win is a win. So from what you've seen from the team over the last course of this, let's just say this past week, you know, what's some, some bright spots you can move off, move and build on from, excuse me, such as, as we're talking through with Stella Johnson, that if you're head coach Mike Tebow, you should be focusing on. For me, I feel like it's the Mystics are still trying. They, they haven't given up. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I didn't see. And all of the losses, like the shots, the shots may not have fell for them in those losses, but I didn't see a sense of giving up where they just were like, you know what, we're about to lose anyway, so we might as well go on. Oh, we're at five-game losing streak. We might as well just keep it going. The season's almost over. Because let's be real, they, they could have had that mentality or that attitude and lost yesterday, but they didn't. So I feel, although, like you said, a win is a win, so you know, I got to take it for what it is. <laughs> I feel like that win, though, it was needed at this point in the season. Like I said, they're in ninth place right now. So I feel like that win was needed going into the rest of the season because it is not an easy road. 
for Washington for the rest of these games. Like some of the teams they've beaten early, like we beat Seattle already, but Seattle has only lost one game since then. And that one loss was to us. So that should show you just how bad of a team they are. But I will say it's a little odd that Seattle prospers when the Mystics are without all their players. But, you know, that's a, that's a story for another day. <laughs> but, uh, but for Washington, they, they got to keep pushing. Because they, 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 they still have potentially the power to finish out the season strong and make the playoffs and repeat. It's still possible. It's not like they're in last place. Right. Out of out of twelve teams, the top eight go, regardless of conference or anything. The top eight go. So they, they still have a shot. It's it's all about the mental and how they take what happened in the beginning of the season, what happened in the middle of the season, and what happened in their, their first win after seven losses yesterday and just push forward. You have Absolutely. to. You have to. There's no other way because if you don't, you will be at the bottom of the barrel looking up and watching somebody else take that trophy that y'all worked hard to get last year. Mm, that's such a great point. That's yeah, you had to do point. something. <laughs> yes. I mean, as you said, you're in this situation, one of the biggest benefits is because you do still have a chance to make it into the playoffs as long as you continue playing hard each game and not treating the season like it's over, which they've been doing a good job so far of, you still give yourself a shot. Now you get into the playoffs and, and you see what happens, essentially. But, you know, I like the fact that the Mystics are continuing to fight, play hard, play good basketball, not giving up. As you mentioned, things like body language and even the press conferences and interviews, what they're saying, you know, what they're showing on the floor with their effort and energy, all of those things are continuing to still look very positive. So it shows, you know, that the, although they may not be getting the results they want, they're still bringing the level that they want. And unfortunately like I said it's a crazy parallel to the Wizards because I've been saying the same exact thing about them and of course their season's over now but was saying the same thing about them not too long ago and here we are with the Mystics but let's hope that they're able to get on the right track to at least finish strong in the remainder of the season and see what happens from there so where can people continue to follow you to keep up with your Mystics coverage oh of course so on of course Instagram and Twitter my handle is underscore pins and words underscore. That's where you get all your mystics coverage from me all day, every day. I talk a little trash. I love my wizards. I love my mystics. So it's a, it's a hard line to straddle, <laughs> you know. But yes, underscore pins and words underscore. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we're going to hope that DC hoops and just DC sports as a whole can start to turn things around and move in the right direction because it is time to get back to some, the district of chance. It's time to get back to that. It's been, it's been painful to watch time to get back to some winning ways, but thank you diamond for joining us on the show. It's been a pleasure having you here on locked on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you all for tuning in to another edition of Locked on Wizards. As I said, it's time for the DC hoops and all DC sports to get back to their winning ways. Gosh, so many crazy parallels and just seeing the team struggling to get over that hump. Oh, man, oh, man. But we'll continue to follow. I hope you guys have a great weekend. We are back on Monday bringing more updates around the Wizards and all things NBA and other sports, too, of course, here on Locked on Wizards. I'm your host, Renee Washington. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the show, and I'll see you next time. Washington out.
Hey Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.